You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. So this weekend and last week, I've had a ton of time to figure out my top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time. We're debuting that today. We will be revealing one each podcast that we have. So with doing about three shows every single week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it'll take us a while to get through it, which I'm absolutely fine with. This will be fun. I'm excited to do it. And it's been very hard, as these two guys you, have known, you, you've been as I've been agonizing complaining the whole this. time. Yes, You've been agonizing over this, and it's <laughs> like, you're literally like, what's 31? What's 30? And the whole time, I'm like, Dude, just go. Just. I'm I'm cool with the top fifteen. And when when you get in that territory, you understand which guys need to fall in which order. It's like a fantasy draft, right? I mean, you know what guys you could do an auto draft if you wanted to for the first two rounds, really. And then after that, that's when it starts to get difficult because you don't want to leave anybody off the top thirty. You don't know which guy falls into which place. There's so many different angles. That constitutes a best Charlotte Hornet of all time. There's so many different angles to take, whether it's longevity, whether it's the impact they had here, whether it's the gut feel, like who just feels more like a Charlotte Hornet. Who just had like a really big gut Yeah, played here. Derek Coleman Coleman comes to mind. Thank you. Between him and like Robert Trailer, rest in peace, but R.I.P. Robert Trailer. Listen, but the bottom line is you're brave, Walker. This is the bravest thing you've done since taking over. The Locked On Hornets podcast. I like to think so. Um, <laughs> and the beers you have control over, and you seem way more confident than exactly. I do about the top, top uh, 30 Charlotte Hornets. Well, that's because, listen, number one, I know my beers, and number two, I stole most of this list off of the internet. <laughs> well, that's so we found out. Oh, wow. I was wondering, did you did you do a taste test this weekend? Did you try out some of the beers that you have now ranked as I, your top 30? Well, I tested out this list by stealing it from Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine. Right. Very good. But there were some things, <laughs> there were some beers on there that I just wanted to be in the top 30. So when I revealed this list, you are getting, and I shuffled some things around too. So you are I'm getting. I'm glad you, you took the hard Doug, Doug more forceful than I am. Right. Doug, you're, I'm, you're getting my version of his list. So Doug more forceful than I am. <laughs> okay. I am M2. I, I basically need to get my tail out from under my legs and just Please. showcase the top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time. So with that. <laughs> Do we need to reveal it right now? I think I got my guy. Oh my god! Oh my god! Number no, no, no! 30. Hold on, hold on. We, right, let's let's reveal thirty-one first because I know you have thirty-one. This the guy is like, that just missed the list. This is like the Bachelorette when the Bachelorette is down to the final two guys and she just can't decide which one. It's just agonizing. It is agonizing, and I want uh, I want Nada to not look at my computer right now so he can hear it audibly instead of visually as I pull up the okay. list on so my I screen. So I can be again. You want me at my most indignant? I appreciate I that. No, I do, and I think that's just going to make for the best show. And no one else. Let's just say this: thirtieth anniversary of the Hornets. No one else is doing this list. We got to it first. So if anyone <laughs> tries to do it, I want you to call them out on Twitter. Because we got to this territory first. This is the definitive list of the 30 best players in Charlotte Hornets history. Absolutely. I completely agree. Okay, so 
We're going with 31 first. We're yeah, going with 31. This is the 31. guy that barely made, didn't make the cut. So, and I, and I love this too. Here, here's why, just real quickly. I know you guys are on the edge of your seat. Here's the thing, real quickly. I love this in fact that I'm actually starting off with some names that are pretty large. I mean, pretty okay. decent sized names. Yeah. Both are being the ones that I'm trying to decipher between 31 and 30, really. So I'll give you 31. And I mean, we are, I love that we're starting off with a bang. Here we go. You ready? All right, 31. All right, 31. 31. The 31st best Charlotte Hornet of all time in the franchise's history. It's Dwight Howard. Barely missing. Barely missing. I agree with this more than you think I do. Barely missing it. So I'll go into why. Dwight Howard, 31st overall. Dwight Howard had a pretty good statistical season, but as you've listened to us constantly throughout, I guess, the, what, two months that I've been doing this podcast, as you've been able to see if you've done more research than just the traditional box score, watching the team this entire season, again, only one year for Dwight Howard, right? He's going to have another year under his belt, so perhaps, I don't know if that gets him into the top 30, but as of right now, because there is a at least decent possibility he gets traded. It's certainly up for discussion that Dwight Howard and is or bought out. Right. On the outside looking in of the top 30, you look at Dwight Howard's stats. It's still a guy that Dwight Howard is still getting a, a double double. He's still an elite rebounder. But when you look at the overall impact on the team, somebody that was supposed to come in and be a huge upgrade on defense, a rim protector, somebody that Steve Clifford could hone in on and really go into that rim protection that was going to be when you went in, the field goal percentage was not going to be up for the opposing teams, that it was going to be Dwight Howard swatting everything away. He was going to scare you with his big muscles and the Dwight of old Orlando Magic days, and that's what we were going to get. Understanding offensively, you weren't going to get the same, but in theory, you would get something somewhat close to what Dwight was able to provide. Maybe not in his prime, but again, a a good defensive anchor down in the paint. And I don't know if you exactly got that. And offensively, as the NBA transitions, again, when you're measuring this, you have to absolutely take with what the player does at that time, right? So at this time, the NBA is transitioning to unicorns. Dwight is not a unicorn. So Dwight is a guy that can only score basically within 10 feet, despite seven and a half adamant. Yeah, seven and a half feet. Sure, sure. Despite this guy wanting and being adamant about taking some jump shots on the elbow. So with that, you have a good traditional box score. The guy did some good things this year. He really did. But at the end, the longevity is just not here. They didn't make the playoffs with him being a big part of this team. So with that, he's on the outside of the 30. He is 31st. I go to your guys' thoughts. I, I don't hate this. I don't hate this. I actually agree that he does not belong on this list of time-honored Hornets. He doesn't belong just yet. Again, another year, maybe a playoff run. And I just can't th- help but think that all the guys that were sniping at him at the end of the season also has to factor in it, in it for me at least. If we're going to talk about the entire soup to nuts of Dwight Howard's career, you got to talk about Clifford sniping at him a little bit. Guys like Marvin Williams and Nick Batum sniping at him a little bit. And the fact that Again, he broke down the defense because he couldn't defend a high screen and roll. And he couldn't defend, right. So when you look at Dwight Howard, it's a guy that a lot of this list for me, too, was just based on feel. It's tough. When you're making this kind of list, It's gonna you can swing any stat you want. 
to put in favor this guy over the other. Until you get to the top 10, top 15, you can put any stat you want out there, longevity, how many points they had total, how many points per game was it, was it a bigger year for an individual player, does the longevity matter? You can swing it however you want. So a lot of this is just based on feel, and when you hear the name, you know what? That guy's a damn Charlotte Hornet. Like You don't feel that with Dwight, and I think a lot of this too, by the way, that comes into play with Dwight, is that Dwight Howard is obviously a prominent member of the Orlando Magic. He could never, in a million years, be a this be his team. Orlando is his team. So with that, 31 for Dwight. Doug, let's get your thoughts. Speaking of statistics, I've got a few. Nerd! Let me hear these. 757 defensive rebounds last season. That's number one all-time for a season for a Charlotte Hornet. More than Anthony Mason, more than Al Jefferson, more than Emeka Okafor at any point uh, during a season. Total rebounds, Dwight also owns that record for a season, 1,012. It's the only Charlotte Hornet ever to have 1,000 rebounds in a season. Next, Larry Johnson at 899. And this was a surprising one to me. Turnovers, he does not rank in the top 10 all-time in turnovers for a season, though we that was well-documented, his you know turning over the basketball. Alonzo Mourning actually second on that list in 1994-95 with 200 and 41. I would like to see the rate, the turnover rate <laughs> with Dwight Howard. <laughs> because I, I would turnover imagine. Turnover per possession. Oh, okay, yeah. turnover percentage. No, not, no, not, not uh, top 10. Wow. Al, Big Al up there? Big yeah, Al, I can see that. I 5. can see that. 5.9. I'm surprised. Oh, so this is lower. Okay, oh, this, this is, is low. low. Okay, this, okay is, this is good numbers. I was about to say. Those yeah. are good numbers. I'll try to find bad numbers. We need to find bad numbers because, yeah, I was about to say MKG. Of course the guy doesn't turn the ball over. So, no, I would like to see turnover rate because Baron Davis, a guy that had the ball in his hands constantly. It's like what you have with James Harden in Houston. The guy turns it over all the time, but as a team, they're about average, so it kind of washes away. doesn't really have a huge impact. Dwight Howard was a guy that would turn the ball over a lot. And it was somebody that probably shouldn't even have the usage rate that he did at times within this offense. It was someone that should be running the floor, should be running rim to rim. You get him on alleys, you get him on lobs. If every once in a while, maybe you give him a post touch. And that's how the NBA is played today, and it just didn't work out. So any problems? So again, I guess a any grades on that? A, 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 solid, a solid B plus. Yeah, all right. I have to wait and see what the rest of the list looks like. I guess you kind of like. do. I kind of do. So the, do the, we... the, the problem with this, ultimately, it's the problem with our list in general, is that when you're talking about... I don't have about, any problems with my list. Well, but, go ahead. but the franchise... <laughs> Am I doing this right? <laughs> yes. Well, it's yes. the franchise is, is, is 30 years old, but at the same time has not fielded the same kind of historic talent like a Boston no, or a New York. No, we're going to have some pretty outstanding names and the fact that they're not outstanding names on this list. Well, so, it could be worse. It could be We could be doing the Nets. We could be. Uh, there, That's there even are, shallower. There are, there, are some bad, there are some worse teams out there. So Let's get in the 30. Do man. we want to get some beer or do we want to get break the top 30? Yeah, I'll get my 30th best beer in Charlotte. These are all Charlotte beers. And again, this is my list that I took from Matt McKenzie on charlottemagazine.com. But this is my <laughs> list of the 30th, 30 best Charlotte beers. Here we go. Number 30 is Baby Maker. Oh, I've had that. Never had it. Triple C makes this. It's available year-round. And Matt McKenzie says, the name is funny, but pay attention to it. This double IPA is a big beer full of hops and comes at 8.5% alcohol by volume. Don't say... 
we didn't warn you. Oh, yeah. Nice. I he like said, the He name. said we because this is my list and his yeah. list. It's our <laughs> list. No, he said we as in Doug and you said McKen- Mike McKenzie. Is that <laughs> Matt, Matt McKenzie? Matt McKenzie, McKenzie yeah. excuse yeah, me. Yeah, if we're going to steal his list, we should get his name right. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to steal his list. It sounds like it's pretty individual. I mean, you're Please don't tell list. him because <laughs> he might be offended that we stole his list. <laughs> Mike, I, I, I changed it. it. Yeah, and sorry, changed it. sorry, Mike McKenzie, right? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I apologize, Matt. That's on me. Um. Yeah, I've never had it. I'm I'm down with it just by the name alone. I'm not a hop guy. Baby so that's, maker. That's where we would differ. I'm not necessarily an IPA guy. I'm more of a, a brown ale, kind of darker ale, lager kind of guy, more than an IPA hop guy. But And that's going I'm to cool differ. That. That's the thing with this list. There are a lot of beers that I would not personally like, but I do know that a lot of people like them and they are quality brews. And so you put them on the list, even though my personal tongue right. would not touch a like a wheat beer. I'm not a big wheat beer guy. Yeah. Uh, not, not again, either. the beer snob is going to come out of a lot of people on this list, I see. Oh, sure. We're going to have some guys pinky out tweeting the whole time at us and why. Wait, wait. Are you drinking a beer back there? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. Share with the How are you going to drink a beer and you're not going to share with the rest of the class? This is my beer and my list and Matt McKenzie's list. Um, so do we go to break and come back with 30? Do we do we do another grand yes, veiling? Yes, do we break yeah, ground to, again? Yes, yeah, so because that, that's it. Do, do we, we fill the hole up and then break ground again? With that's no right. We haven't even gotten into the list. That's how exciting this list is. This is fantastic stuff here. Okay, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will break ground for real, for real. We will go into the top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time. We'll also talk about a trade that we had with the Locked On Corporation mock draft. Doug and I having to discuss a little bit on what the guy we were going to pick at number 11 with the Locked On Corporation mock draft. We decided on a guy. We'll tell you that after the break. It's Walker Mail, not Edwards. Doug Branson, you're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. The one draft pick you hit on was Kimba Walker, and you, you drafted Bismack Biombo before him. Don't! You got it right the second time, which is great. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. But you drafted Biombo before Kimba Walker. So, (laughs) again, you almost messed that one up as well. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in Charlotte. So, again... Top thirty. Yeah, we gotta we listen. Ground. We gotta hurry this up. We <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> we gotta hurry this up for. It's it's it was a long first segment. It was a a decent size, a very perhaps a a large first segment to go into. Basically, like that's it. It sounds bad on the surface. If you were to take that sentence out of context, that we spent fifteen minutes talking about the thirty first best, best Charlotte Hornet of all time. It's not exactly <laughs> the greatest. You know, hey, check out our podcast. Give us money. Because every, every, every dollar Hornet. goes into this, making it the best ranking top Charlotte Hornet of all time kind of show. Again, we well, got again. It's just more more of us to love. We're more. catching we're catching a little heat from from the people upstairs in the Locked On Podcast Network about how how long our episodes have been. Oh, so we're doing this. this. All right, go ahead, Doug. Okay, yeah. Transparent. Well, I, I mean, I think we should just be transparent with the people, <laughs> and, and we should ask anyone that's out there listening right now. Tweet us. Let us know. Uh, are these episodes getting a little too lengthy, or do you like? 
all of the ridiculous content that we're providing for you. This, this summer. is now, and this is not my territory yet. I mean, I'm still in this territory again, just doing this for two months that I'm not around. I'm not about to go at the head honchos of this podcast. Again, I talk about my tail between my legs, doing it on the list, just kind of a guy that I have become so far for this locked on podcast. So I'll, I'll, tell you it. I'll be your rebel. I'll be your, I'll, I will be your shield walker. You're going to be the devil on my from, shoulder. That's what producers do. They stand in front of their <laughs> hosts and say, I got you, man. But I want to hear from Are the you people. taking the bullet? Are you diving in front of the bullet before it gets to me? Well, at least I'll try. Not, not as much. I'll try. Maybe the Dwight Schrute in the office, right? Where yeah. you, act, you go in front of it, but there's not an actual bullet. And then I get shot anyway. Right. I'll attempt. I'll <laughs> give it my best shot. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I just want to hear from the people. Let us know on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Are these episodes getting a little too long, or do you want more content from us like this? Yeah, well, we'll try to shorten it if you want us to. But now we'll, we'll probably look, we'll just go an hour and a half today. We'll just drag it along as much. Yeah, as we might can. as well. Anyway, the thirty-second best <laughs> yeah. Charlotte Hornets. Let's, Let's go, go backwards. backwards. <laughs> exactly. Let's go to a hundred. Let's go from thirty-two. to There 100. aren't a hundred good Hornets, and then there are barely back. thirty. There's there's barely thirty. Barely barely thirty-one. You're right. So. Should we do this now? Should we unveil it? The official list of the yes. top 30? Yeah. Let's start. All right. Another decent size name. So the official list of the top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time, it will now start with none other than Mr. Jason Richardson. Whoa. 30. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, Jason now I have an Richardson. issue. Okay, go ahead. Now Rams. I have an issue. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. This is too low for Jason Richardson. Right. This, this is entirely too low, I think, for what he did. He was the only legitimate shooting guard that this team has had since he's been here, for God's sakes. Uh, again, you could someone's going to throw Captain Jack in there, and you know what? You may be right partially. But Jason Richardson— You don't know me. It, <laughs> I, 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 had not, I had an idea that you were going to do that. I honestly think he's a top 20 guy. I think he's a top 20 guy. Oh, wow. So you're, yeah, I'm already starting this off with being 10 spots off. Yeah, you're, you're again, he's a top 20 guy. But again, 1920, I can put him at, at he's no worse than probably the third third best shooting right. guard. So here's here's my thing with Jason Richardson. Look, this is where longevity came in. The guy only mm-hmm. played, you know, barely, I, I didn't even, change, didn't even yeah. play 100 games. Didn't even play 100 games for this team. A great season for Jason Richardson. Look, you look at the efficiency. The guy shot 40% from three. He averaged over 20 points per game. He played on that team with Gerald Wallace and Raymond Felton. But that team, they went, you know, they only had 32 wins, I believe, on that. On was that year. the Larry Brown year or is that the Sam Vincent year? Uh, it was Sam Vincent. Yeah, it, that, it, it, again, we got to throw Sam sure. Vincent, the guy that they had to fight. No, I'm not, I'm not putting the, the record on Jason Richardson. I'm not putting the record on it. It comes down for me more so longevity. And also, this one was a little bit of a feel call. You look at Jason Richardson, and you have to kind of go back and see, damn, you know what? That guy actually did have a big impact on that team. But, one, we're in the Bobcats era here, too. So it's going to be tough to try to pick out all the good things from a predominant Bobcat era. Like, a lot of these guys are going to be on this list. They shared some time with some kind of Charlotte Hornet connection. So when you get to the Bobcats, obviously that's all Jason Richardson has. It's only one season with the Bobcats, and it was a very good one. But also, just like Dwight Howard, you don't think Bobcats when you think Richardson. You think Golden State Warrior and his prominence getting into the dunk contest a couple of times. Phoenix Suns, That was with the Warriors. And then Phoenix right afterwards. Right. So if you're talking about ranking a list of teams that Jason Richardson played for, if you're talking about what do you think of when you think of Jay Rich, you're thinking team-wise, Golden State, Phoenix, 
And then, I mean, does Orlando come even before Charlotte? I don't, I don't know. Maybe Charlotte comes in at third, but it's certainly not one or two. Okay, so I don't have a problem with how low you have Jason Richardson, but now this really makes me have a problem with where you have Dwight Howard because Howard has played one season for the Charlotte Hornets and owns several season records for the Hornets. So he had a better... Now, he didn't get them to the Wait, playoffs. Wait, hold on. Right. So again, so this is Dwight Howard. This is why you have to watch the games and not look at the box. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at Dwight Howard and having all these records, that is very fine. But again, we're we're talking about Dwight Howard having as big of impact as Jason Richardson. Look, I know the record is not great, but you look at the efficiency of Jay Rich, guy shooting 40%, 44% from the field as a guy who took a decent amount of shots from beyond the arc, averaging 22 points per game. You look at, he even has a little bit of his hand in the other box score categories, had five rebounds per game, had three assists. I'm going with Jay Rich over Dwight Howard. Despite Dwight Howard having some single-season records, we can't look at this team and say, you know what, Dwight had a huge impact like Jason Richardson did just trying to get that team. By the way, Raymond Felton that year, who we'll see if he's on this list or not. You would think he has to be. But wait, wait, Felton, wait, 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 what? We'll see. Don't reveal. No, no spoilers. 28% from three that year. Like, it's not exactly like this guy was dealing with a ton of talent. It was him and Gerald Wallace, and then you had to try to make the other guys come up. So I'm I'm going with Jason Richardson at 30. He's low because of the longevity, but he's ahead of Dwight Howard, despite having be. good box scores because of the efficiency that Jason Richardson played with. And if you watch those two, that's my answer. Take that for data. Uh, he's right, though. Again, I can't, agree, I can't agree with Walker Moore. Like, he's right. There's no way I'm putting Dwight Howard on this list, despite the fact that they got shoddy coaching from Sam Vincent that year. Okafor... It, that team was a mess that year, if I remember. No, that. it was it was bad, and that's and now honestly, like I figured I would get the fifty fifty reaction here because Jason Richardson has a has a really good season, but again, he just doesn't play that much with the Charlotte Hornets or with the Charlotte Bobcats. But it was a really good year, but the coaching was bad. But they're the Bobcats, and they also only had thirty two wins against it's in, it's in Sam Vincent's and they tenure. should have had more. Right? I mean, year. it's just it's a weird name. It's probably going to be split down the middle fifty fifty. I mean, I mean, there's going to be guys ahead of him that aren't as good as Jason Richardson. There's going to be a lot of guys that just talent-wise aren't good as Jason Richardson. If you're talking about the best players in Warriors history, Jason Richardson going to be up there more so than 30 for that franchise. Well, he was, but here, prior to the dynasty. Yeah, probably. But it, no, absolutely. And still, I mean, still is going to be top 30. And here, here, just based on can you play one year, have a big impact, but not go to the playoffs and still crack a, a high list for this franchise, despite them not having a ton of good players. That's why I have Jason Richardson 30. He was one of only two players on that season that had a positive offensive box plus minus. The guy was efficient, man. Yeah, he was. He was. He was good. He was a guy, Gerald Wallace. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think so. <laughs> you you yeah. would imagine it's Gerald and Jason Richardson, and that's about it. So we'll see how the rest of this list goes. But that's my list so far. We broke ground today. Dwight Howard being on the outside looking in and starting off with some big names. Jason Richardson going to be the guy that gets in and starts this list off at the top 30. Uh, are you going to go into the mock draft here, Doug? Mock drafts? Let's do it. Let's Talk do about mock, the draft. mock draft. Love so, mock drafts. So the Locked On Corporation hosted a mock draft for everyone to partake in. And the Charlotte Hornets, of course, as us. We were selecting number 11 overall. So I'm texting Doug as it starts to come down. It's a very weird type of feel, too. You kind of just make this pick whenever you want. And we have a spreadsheet that every team has access to. There's no time limit for you to choose your pick. You just kind of go with it as soon as you see the team pick ahead of you. So I'm texting Doug. It's over the weekend. And we're kind of dissecting which kind of guys we want. 
and it's Kevin. You know, Kevin Knox is off the board, and I and I text Doug because I know Lonnie Walker's the guy. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I know Lonnie Walker's gonna be the guy that he wants. I'm gonna try to make my case for SGA, but I'm watching film at the time. So eventually, we do settle on Lonnie Walker to be there at number eleven. So Lonnie Walker's number eleven overall. We select him. After that, it's SGA. And probably the funniest thing to mention about all this is we do get an email from David Locke. That's right. And we get the email. A trade offer. Among, well, should we go, we'll go trade offer first. We'll go trade offer first. So we do get some trades before. Like I'm trying to put the, the pick in of Lonnie Walker. And David Locke wants to make a trade. Now here's the first trade that he proposes. We'll see what you guys would have done. It is Alec Burks and the 21st overall pick in exchange for the 11th overall pick, and Marvin Williams. Now, we all talked about this, yeah. and we all agreed that we want to hold still. We want to stay. Right. And he was offering us, we asked for cap relief because on the on the spreadsheet, we could put what we wanted to feel for trade offers, and I put youth, uh, shooting, and cap space. And so he was trying to get us off the Marvin Williams deal, yeah. and Burks, I think his contract is up He's no, got. He's done. He's yeah. done after. He's done right. after the end of the so year. So that would have cleared eleven point two million dollars after next season. Sure, and you know, decent, right? I mean, it's it's not a joke of an offer by any means, but we we all three didn't want to move back ten. So I said, you know, we're you know we thought about countering with maybe Nick Batum, but it's it's tough to make the money match. So we're we're just going to hang tight. We're going to go with the number eleven overall pick. And then he says, well, hold on, before you lock it in, I want to make sure that you know we, we discuss these options. So let me counter with something. So then. I'll try to pull up the email. So then he's off. He offers three non-guaranteed contracts, including I believe uh, it was Udo. It was was Royce Young one of them? No, it was it was Udo. It was Jonas Derebko, and it was um, and another player. And I should have this up in front of me, but it was another player in exchange for Marvin Williams and that. And it that, was Cephalosha. That over, it was Cephalosha. Thank you. So it was those guys. It was Cephalosha, it was Jarebko, and it was Udo. And, of course, swapping the first-round picks. And those are all non-guaranteed, so that would have completely wiped it out. That would have given the Hornets uh, room to to maneuver in free agency. Sure, yeah. You would have had had a a lot of money freed up, and at least a decent amount. Um, And you get rid of Marvin as well. We decided still no. And that one would have been more interesting. Now, not that would, that email was directly to me, would you have taken the trade? Woo. Uh, I, I don't know. That that one... Of, of, a little bit more enticing? That one's a little bit more enticing, and I'm mad that y'all just dropped this one on me now because I, <laughs> yeah, I, need, I need a little bit of time to think on that one. But <laughs> no, right. first, for, at first glance, I understand why you didn't do it. I would have been hard-pressed to punt on this draft class, especially knowing that next year's is... looking real shallow. I mean, next season, they are in cap hell. This would have brought them out of cap hell and into cap trouble. They still would have been over the cap, but they could have used, you know, the the Hornets could have used their full mid-level. It would have given them options in free agency that they're simply not going to have if they hold Pat and take the 11th selection because you have to remember, they have to sign that 11th, uh, you know, that 11th overall selection, and that's going to put them in even more cap trouble. I want to get young talent on this team, as everyone does. And I think if we go back 10 spots, that's a lot of spots to move back. Mm-hmm. And that you're talking about 
10 different players where it's all a crapshoot anyway. But again, as you move back in the lottery, as you move back in the first round, the margin for error just goes down so much with each selection that passes. 10 spots was too much for me. So if you're going to be at 11, which by the way, I think we can all agree on the pool of guys at about 13, 14, 15 around that area, it drops. No, it's a cliff. It's a cliff. And you get to 21, you are well past that cliff. By that point, you are about four or five players off the cliff. So I wanted to stay at number 11. And you look at this season, Dwight Howard's off the books after the end of this year. And Kimball Walker, if you want to go full rebuild mode with a couple of the younger players you have, I'm cool with just having a bad cap season, getting this 11th overall pick into the system early instead of the 21st overall pick, and kind of letting that money stay home for a little bit and then going away next year because you're not going to be good next season. I mean, and you're not going to be a good basketball team. So eat the cap, uh, eat the cup. Let's not eat the cap. Stranger things have happened. I don't think they're not going to be good, though. I mean, this is going to be a team that makes you're you're going to be contending for an eight spot. I guess if you want to get lost in semantics, what what do you what do you consider good? Is it is it an eight seed in the Eastern Conference? I think I think they can get six, seven, eight. I think they can get six, seven, eight as presently constituted. And if and if they do that, then okay, fine. It's not enough for me to go out and say, you know what, I'm ready to deal all this cap and I'm ready to move on. Um from Marvin Williams enough and this 11th overall pick. So we did. We went. We, we decided to stay home. We take Lonnie Walker at number 11 overall. Solid. <laughs> I'm yeah, the the right fact now. that y'all didn't even text me about this. I'm more upset about that. It, well, we wanted you. We it's wanted you out. upset. We wanted, we wanted, we wanted your initial outraged. reaction. And also it was. Lonnie Walker. It like, was pretty late. Like, so Lonnie Walker. Really? Over, but listen to the players that were selected over Lonnie Walker, and that probably would help for some context for the listeners. So, the guys that were available, it was Colin Sexton. Okay. It was Shea Gilgis Alexander was a guy that I really thought of. Would have taken him. You you like SGA? I, I thought you were I, down I, on SGA. I, I, I am in and out, but I'm more out on Walker than people think. Okay, wow. All right. Uh, SGA gone. Miles Bridges, or it was uh, still available. Miles Bridges was still available. I'm not high on Miles Bridges. It's just eh. a guy I don't think is going to be a good defender in this league. I don't think he's fast enough. I don't know what position he plays. I'm out on Miles Bridges. Um, Zaire Smith was still available. I would have taken him over Lonnie. Zaire Smith is interesting. Robert Williams is still available, who Hell the no. Hornets worked out this weekend. I'm not taking Robert either. So, th- so those are the guys. Those are the guys that are available. And look, I, I don't have a big of problem. I, I, I let Doug. This is if I'm the GM and Doug is the is the scout that is in my ear saying, "Man, I have a great feeling about this." I don't have enough of a bad feeling to go off of it. Like I, I like Lonnie Walker. Watching some film over him, I think that shot is quick. I think that the handles aren't as bad enough to disable him in the NBA. I think that it's a guy that does have the ability to shoot, um, and the athleticism is obviously the the peak interest there. So I I was cool. I was cool with Lonnie being there, at number eleven, and being that. I'm going to um, look. I just hope. <laughs> I hope. I didn't know it was that there. bad for you with Lonnie. Yes. No. This is a guy that people. Again, the more that people watch Lonnie Walker, the more they they love his potential, and it's a player that I, I think you can take a swing on in this type of draft and come up with a home run if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking to stay safe and find some role playing talent, which the Hornets have done year after year, then definitely draft a Miles Bridges, draft a Robert Williams. They'll be fine NBA players. But when I watch Lonnie, I think this guy has the potential, like a Donovan Mitchell to be a special type of a player. The way, how quickly he attacks the basket, how aggressive he is with that, how strong he is. I just really like Lonnie Walker. 
the question I would ask, actually have. For, Can ESPN call me, by the way? That was a perfect drop on a draft. It was like Mel Kuyper esque. Todd, Todd, Todd. That was perfect. Now, now, the, now the one question I would have, the, the one question I have for for Lonnie Walker, is what is his skill that he's bringing immediately to the league next year? Is it shooting? Is it defense? What it's is defense? It? It's absolutely defense. I mean, he he will be a I would a, agree an above average defender out of out of this, the gate, and then if his shooting develops. And and he continues to get a little bigger. He'll he'll be a fantastic. Watching player. Phil, I, I watched I watched a decent amount of film on him this weekend. Like just watching his highlights. Like I'm not you know in a room with a laser pointer or anything, but watching enough. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is a guy that perhaps I was a little bit further down on than I should have been. Now again, Shea Gilgis Alexander, a big fan of, but the athleticism, I'm I'm cool with Lonnie being there at number eleven overall. All right, we need to speed this up. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back with some of the other guys that the Charlotte Hornets have worked out. Some pro days, they they've been all over the place. The Charlotte Hornets have been doing quite a bit of work in the pre-draft process. Stick around on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I saw one horror Christmas film in my entire life, at least that I can think of, and it was for film class, and it was about an evil Santa Claus. So it was like Krampus. It actually was Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Walker Mail, joined by Nada Edwards and Doug Branson here in the Gittimer.com studios. Thanks again for listening today. We've talked about the top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time. Doug wants to keep partying, which is fine with me if you just want to have that bad drop in the background. Cool with me. Doesn't matter to me. Um, we I just do- want I just want to hear more of your selections. I want to I want to know who number twenty nine is. I got excited and that's what happened. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I I want to hear where where twenty nine what twenty nine is going to be. I might change it a million times. I, I need if to leave you this change list. it more. I'm than not once going. I'm yelling. I, okay, that's fine. I deserve it. I deserve it. I'm going to push the computer away or at least just close out that tab. Um, so the Hornets have been very busy. They've been they flew to L A to go see Wendell Carter at his pro day. They flew to Tampa Bay, I believe, to go see Kevin Knox's pro day. I believe that's yes. where it was held. Um, we've talked about Kevin Knox a couple of times. It seems as if reports are that the Charlotte Hornets are high on Kevin Knox, and we, we've we discussed that well Higher enough. than we are. Sure. Um, and, they, Ke- and, and should note that Kevin Knox went one pick higher in our Locked On NBA mock draft, went 10th overall, so we did not even have the opportunity to entertain a Kevin Knox thankfully, selection. Thankfully. What's the guy you pick ahead of, Doug? The guy that was selected, not a, and, you, and we know you would have picked a couple of guys. So, Doug... What guy do you pick that was picked ahead of Lonnie? Like, what's what's the shortest amount you have to go before the Hornets pick in order to say, you know what, I would have picked him over Lonnie? Yeah, I'm not taking Kevin Knox. I'm not taking Michael Porter Jr. for for issues that I've discussed many times. I don't want the guy that's that's falling nine, ten picks. So not I'm as going to yell at you too. Yeah, I'm going to Mikael Bridges went eighth. That's to Cleveland. That's the player I think would be a perfect fit in Charlotte. But I'll say this too: I think Lonnie Walker still has the potential to be a greater player than Mikael Bridges. Mikael will be, for you. Yeah. yeah, Mikael will have a high floor. He will be a very good NBA player. But I think Lonnie Walker has the opportunity to be something special. So if ESPN were high to Doug Branson today, and we immediately put your big board on the screen, how high is Lonnie, Lonnie Walker is six to you? And this is a, lo- a lot of this is is really last year. I really felt this way about Donovan Mitchell, and I know that's easy to say this now, but I did feel that way, and I didn't go strong enough. And so, so you're overcompensating this year. Totally, I'm totally overcompensating. I could not be overcompensating more. I bought I bought the Lonnie Walker T-shirt. 
I'm ready to go. I'm pro Lonnie Walker. Uh, you know what? As someone that was very high on marketing last year and wanted to sell the it's farm. Not bad. He's not bad. You did well there. I did really well. And again, I still think he would have been perfect here. But this guy, there's no guy for me this year outside of maybe Carter. Carter's my guy this year. Carter is the guy that I, I would say, look, if we, we're talking about dealing next year's pick, might as well. For Carter, if I if I were to hang my hat on guys, and, and you know this season and last season, Monk was my favorite player in the draft, and I didn't think there was any way in hell that he would last all the way to number eleven last season. And when there was a shot, when there was more discussion about it, I started to get really excited, and I was very happy when he fell to yeah. eleven. That was my guy. When I didn't think Malik Monk was going to fall, Donovan Mitchell was the guy. But again, just like Rich Cho, who probably would have taken Donovan Mitchell had he still been had uh, had Malik Monk not he certainly there. would have now. Yeah, well, certainly. <laughs> just like him, I, I'm in the same boat. I took Malik and I you know didn't make it hard on myself. Is like, oh, Malik's still available? Yeah, lock that one in. Click. I want Malik Monk. Um, that would that's exactly how I was last year. This year, my guy's Mikhail. I, I think he's got a higher ceiling than people think. I, I think again, we we talked about Chris Middleton. I actually think that's a pretty decent comparison. And I think the athleticism is more with Middleton. Yeah. And you gotta think about too, Middleton had some bad injuries at the beginning of his career. Middleton, absolutely there's a case to be made that he could be a better player than what he is now had he not had gone he not through gotten, Yeah, those couple of ACL injuries and that wrist injury, I believe. I, I, I love Mikhail Bridges. They're literally that again. If we're talking about guys that are in that tradable range, that that might be there. Mm. Mikhail is absolutely he's number two for me behind Carter because I think Carter is just that special. That that amount of polish for a kid that young, he's going to be pretty good for a long time. So the Charlotte Hornets, they do work out Robert Williams this weekend. We talked about him a little bit, Doug. We'll get your take on him. They worked him out on Saturday. He came to the Spectrum Center, and it's a guy that has worked out with two other potential lottery picks, one Lonnie Walker, also Mikhail Bridges there at the Spectrum Center. What's your take on Robert Williams? Does he make a a, a decent amount of sense here with the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, he's, you know, he's a talented big man and he's, you know, he's got, he's very athletic. I mean, I think he'll be, again, I think he's going to be a good NBA player, probably not a very good NBA player, but a good NBA player, a role player for some team. Uh, But I'm not, I'm not big on Robert Williams. I'm interested though, in this fact that the Hornets have only worked out three players here in Charlotte that even have sort of a possibility at the 11th overall selection. And I don't consider Robert Williams to Really, too, because I don't really consider Robert Williams to be a legitimate pick at 11. Now, the, so, the question I would ask you is, do you think that Robert Williams, do you think Kevin Knox is a guy that could really honestly be considered at, at 11, or is he more of a trade-back guy as well? Well, listen, he moved up to 10 in the locked-on NBA mock draft, so that that carries some weight. That carries yeah, some Yeah, this stock. is basically the oracle of mock drafts, is, is this locked-on po- uh, podcast, uh, this locked-on, I can't even talk, mock draft. Like it, it is basically the oracle of it. So I would go buy it. But no, I, I think if you want him at number 11, you take him. I, I don't think he drops much further than that. And if he does, then it's not by much to me. I think when, and to me, if, if you're talking about the three guys that they worked out, like you're interested in that they only worked out a few guys in Spectrum Center. I don't think that means a whole lot to me. I, I think when you look at the pro days that they've gone to, you know, it, it's just we had Rick Bennell on the wake up call this morning, and I thought Rick brought up a good point. And the fact that in today's NBA, the agents have so much more control over how the pre-draft process works compared to what they did a couple of years ago. So what's going on now, just like Michael Porter's workout is going to be in Chicago. People, the agents are going to say to their players, these players that everyone is going to want to look at hard, are going to say, look. 
we're going to have all of these GMs, all of these scouts come to us. And they're going to look at our workout. We're going to control the environment. We're going to make sure that we're top-notch and ready to go. And if you don't like it, then, okay, do your thing. And if you do, then fantastic. Let's talk. Let's try to make something work. But no longer are there going to be a free, a high frequency in guys traveling from city to city to work out for one individual team when you can have a pro day that has everybody involved, all eyes on you. And it just increases that competition a little more. And that was a point Rick brought up today that the thought was interesting. So the fact that they didn't bring in more than just the three guys they did to individual workouts, I think that honestly does not have that big of an impact at all. I completely, I, I understand it completely, especially with the ch- chances for injuries. I mean, look at a guy like Malik Monk who hurt himself and set him back again a decent amount of time. He missed summer league. He was barely ready to go when training camp hit. I think if you do this pro day type of thing, I think it's going to be what we do going forward. And I'm not sure I'm too upset that we're doing no, it. No, that way. I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't have a problem with the players that actually control this and we'll see how the process works out in the pre-draft process and we'll see the Charlotte Hornets take at number 11. All right, thanks for listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets, the top 29 Charlotte Hornets of all time. We'll reveal that next on next week's podcast on Wednesday and we'll be back with you on Friday as well. Thanks again for listening. So long. We'll talk to you Wednesday. guys.